We are here to talk about fear, spine-chilling or downright campy, from the perspective of the monsters under your bed. Throughout the season of The Witch, we'll bite into our favorite slashers, ghosts and ghouls, and compare them to their remakes. Prepare for chills. You are now entering the horrifying soundscape that is Halcon Scarathon. Welcome back to the third episode of our Halcon Scarathon, everyone. Today we are talking about the 1977 horror classic Suspiria. Suspiria is directed by prolific Italian Dario Argento, who is known for the movies Tenabre, Deep Red, and Inferno. He is most well known for being part of the Giallo film scene and has been cited as one of the most influential horror directors of all time. But of course, as Suspiria is a highly regarded horror film, it is bound to be remade. However, instead of getting a cheap director no one's ever heard of, they got Luca Gattanino, director of A Big Splash and Call Me By Your Name. And not only that, the acting talent is off the charts with Dakota Johnson, Chloe Grace Moretz, Mia Goth, and Tilda Swinton. While this movie has the potential to be good, does it actually succeed? Let's find out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start with Suspiria, because I... Which um, one? The the original, yes. <laughs> Let's start with Suspiria and then move yeah. on to Suspiria. <laughs> I am a yes. huge fan of that original. I even I brought out my my uh, red and blue gel lights for this one, and <laughs> I've got my cyan magenta vape out here. So I'm, oh yeah, I'm in the mood with the colors. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's one of those movies that it's not really it's it doesn't really exist to tell a story. <laughs> So much as to just, like, have an aesthetic. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I definitely feel that from watching it. You said, correct me if I'm wrong, you said this is one of your favorite movies? Yeah. I would, like, if I had the chance, I would definitely try and make something that looks like this. Okay. It's very inspiring to me, just the the design and the... The whole set and the the colors and the lighting. I love when lighting just makes no sense. I really love that. Yeah, no, I, one thing we can agree on with this movie for sure is that the lighting and the way it looks is phenomenal. And I just, I just love that the, the way that this horror movie looks because it's, it reminds me of like the 70s and the 80s where horror movies just looked gorgeous and they had like amazing lights and whatnot. Like we talked about Nightmare a couple episodes ago. That's yeah. a movie that I love the way it looks. Um, mm-hmm. just like the red lights and whatnot. But this one, I mean, <clears throat> this might be the best looking horror movie we talk about this entire Scarathon. Yeah, I think um, in my opinion, yeah. I I would say in my opinion, too. I, I, I can't think of any other ones that, you know, really pop. Um, yeah, the Nightmare remake. Uh, yeah, I rolled my eyes. No one could see, but I rolled my <laughs> eyes. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I... I love the way that this looks, and yeah, no, it's very inspiring. So I can I can understand why you would uh, why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. It really makes me think that no matter what the budget is, like okay, so if you can't afford like this beautiful dancing school with patterns all over the walls and all that, <laughs> um, if you can't afford that, you can at least paint with lights, and yeah. that's that's way cheaper. Getting like a light bulb or a gel light with a certain color and just like whatever the mood you're going for, use that color Mm -hmm. and that can, that can do some awesome stuff. Not everything has to be natural or realistic. 
Oh yeah. If, if no, you get a sure. mood across and a feeling, and I think that this movie's great at that part is getting getting a feeling across more than any kind of like I don't know a story or something. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I have the DVD, and this movie, honestly, like if you told me like, hey, this is a Blu-ray, and I walked in and saw it on TV, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. I'd be like, oh my god, it looks gorgeous. It's yeah. so nice looking. Like it looks so so good. And yeah, no, it's it's one of those movies I almost just want to throw it on in the background sometimes because you just look up and you're like, oh it's just gorgeous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's exactly what I do with it too. It it's it is even even just it's it's like having a, a work of art on your wall, you know? Yeah, it's on. That's how it feels. Exactly. Yeah. You should just put on, get a TV and put it on your wall and just play, you know, Suspiria 24-7. Yeah. Oh, man. If I ever get rich, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I'll actually do that. Just have one TV exclusive for Suspiria. And for the Blu-ray, too, because uh, this movie, uh, I saw it when I was a kid. I I rented the DVD and I was like, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, But then I think the company, I think they're called Synapse. They they restored it recently in like 2018. Synapse, yeah, Synapse Films, something like yes. that. Yes, so that is a beautiful restoration. And I'm sure oh, even, yeah. even the DVD that you have looks gorgeous. But then I, I saw it in like 2018 or 2017 when that Blu-ray came out. I oh, was like, yeah. holy shit. It like really, it, yeah. it stopped me. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm not a guy who's super like into like the blue getting like the Blu-ray of certain movies, but yeah. you know sometimes it's nice. But <clears throat> I have no, the DVD I and I paid thirty five dollars for this DVD, so I'm probably never gonna like trade it in or anything like that. Because, yeah, I'm sorry you, know, you did that. <laughs> well, I'm glad I saw it, and I'll be honest. No matter how I feel about the movie, it was worth it was worth thirty five dollars just for the the okay. way it looks alone. Um. Plus, it's just it's just cool to have that I have this this movie that I don't think a lot of people like. I know a lot of film buffs know about this movie, but I don't know if a lot of average moviegoers know Suspiria or have heard of you know as many Dario Argento movies as maybe you know the the regular horror fan has. So mm-hmm. kind of nice. It's kind of nice that I have this this DVD that kind of represents. A little bit of that kind of that era, the the Jalo scene. Is that what it's called, Jalo? Yeah, okay. it means yellow. And yeah. actually, we can talk a little bit about Jalo and how it relates to this movie because that genre in Italy was sort of like lowbrow uh, crime movies where there'd be like oh, a murder and a couple of regular people, not police, they would have to solve the murder, but and they were oh, like really gory and exploitative, well, kind of like certain like things that inspired tarantino i'm sure he was a little inspired by giallo movies just having that makes like, sense yeah o- ordinary people solve gruesome crimes um and this at the start it seems like that's the direction it's going in because there's like this gruesome murder and you see the the dance teachers talking to police they they're talking to like two detectives but mm-hmm. then that's just completely dropped <laughs> yeah so it's like it starts as like this might be a giallo and then it just goes like nope it's supernatural oh wow yeah this movie gave me kind of a what do you call it it gave me kind of a brian de palma vibe was Mm. he do you know if he was inspired by this type of like giallo giallo type movie or was is that just my own kind of maybe the way it looks i'm not sure i've never i've never heard about that but it's possible i think de palma remade some italian movies 
probably did. Yeah. So um, I, I like I love De Palma. So is it is it blow up or blow out? Blow out uh, the one with Travolta, right? Yeah. So I think that's yeah. a remake of an Italian film. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, I never thought of that, but you have a good point there. Oh, you know what? Yeah, it is the movie Blow Up with um. Who was in this one? I I remember it had somebody. Was it Vanessa Red- Vanessa Redgrave? That's who it was. Yeah, I've heard about this movie. I've never actually seen it, but I've always wanted to because I've heard it's like a, it's an incredible movie. And um, what do you call it? I think it's one of Roger Ebert's favorites. So Blowout is yeah, it's a direct. Uh, it's based directly on that, which is very interesting. Yeah, um, I always get the titles mixed up in my head, but yeah. I mean they're very similar, you <laughs> blow know, up like and blow, out. <laughs> blow up, blow out. <laughs> yeah, they're the, the original I I've I remember watching it for like a film class a while ago before I even saw the De Palma one. Mhm. Um and yeah, it's good. So there there has to be some kind of cross-pollination there or just like inspiration for De Palma. Oh yeah, no for sure. I I I, I lately when I've been seeing these like seventies horror movies, I've been getting this um this vibe that really reminds me of the movie Sisters that Brian De Palma did. Um Oh yeah. That's on my list currently. I think it's yeah. it's on one of some streaming service and it's on my list. Yeah, and I think we're gonna talk about next season where we're doing a little bit of like a a three way kind of uh crossover with three different horror movies from the seventies, which I'm very much looking forward to. Mm. Um so that's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, but I really love that movie. It's a really, really good one. It was Margot Kidder, uh, yeah. who's in that. And yeah, she's, she's great. Um, and it's a very, it's a very different movie to say the least. But yeah, no, I, I got that vibe when I was watching, uh, Suspiria. I got the kind of like sisters vibe from this movie. And what do you think? What do you think that is? I don't know what it is. I think it might just be like the way it looks. And I, I think also there's, there's, it might be something about there's a lot of women in this movie like that. I, I, I don't know if that has something to do mm. with it. If there's, there's, a, there's a feeling of like maybe um, like femininity in in both of the movies. Right. And because next. OK, I'll just get I don't I don't care if we're going to spoil a future episode. I don't really no, care. It's fine. In, season, in season two, we're going to talk about the movie Alice Sweet Alice and we're going to do a comparison with The Brood and with um, Sisters. And I think what makes those relate is that Sisters is about two twin sisters, like Siamese twin sisters has to do with that. And Alice Sweet Alice also has to do with sisters um, as well when one's, uh, one dies and the other is accused of murder. Mm. And then The Brood has to do with children and you know because there are children now sweet house that's what makes them relate but i don't know what it is i i think it might just be the fact that these 70s horror movies are just su- super similar and um yeah i have no idea what i'm saying to be completely honest with you i don't no, know what makes them relate but it's yeah. something to think on i, I think yeah. at least in the case of suspiria mm-hmm. um aside from the color like because there's few movies that look this vibrant exactly um, but just the composition is very well thought out there's a lot of i think he uses the sets too as more than just uh space for the actors and like somewhere mm-hmm. to um do like blocking he uses the sets as kind of a, a frame it itself right they'll, oh, they'll yeah. be like shots of the school and there's just all these patterns kind of pointing or misleading your eye of where you should look 
Oh yeah. And I wonder no, if it's that sure. too, just kind of like that that composition that relates to. It could be, honestly. I think the other thing too might just be that the seventies in terms of horror movies were so different than what I'm used to True. seeing now that like when I see two, I'm like, oh, they're the same. Like it's not like they're not really that similar, but they're they're they are similar in the sense that nobody makes them like this anymore. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm I'm excited for you to see Sisters though, because I feel like you'll know what I'm talking about when you when you see it, you'll be like, "Oh, I see where he's kind of coming from." But it's it's something. It's more in the in the tone and the um, just just kind of the yeah, just the tone of the movie. I think that hmm. more I find relates to it. Um, but yeah, no, I I love the tone of uh, Sisters and I love the tone of Suspiria. Yeah, I actually have some thoughts on that too because it, it's very much a movie not about story and about a tone. Yeah. And so the the movie was written by uh, Dario Argento and Daria Nicolodi. And she kind of gets overlooked because everyone gives Dario the credit. But Mm -hmm. I think what's special about how they wrote it was they were both heavily inspired by like fairy tales and stuff. Yes. And I think that contributes to the tone a lot, a lot, because you've got this, this sort of kind of a, a Disney princess type of character, this like innocent girl um, entering into a magical world. And from the moment she gets to the airport, you start getting that feeling that she's she's coming into a new world. As those airport doors open, you get that like twinkling music box music uh, yeah. from Goblin, right? And oh, so yeah. there is, even though this is like kind of a gruesome horror movie, there's a lot of things in it that make it feel like a fairy tale, like a twisted fairy tale. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. Yeah. No, I can I can really see that. Yeah, I think I think that's a really cool aspect to the tone. Also interesting, they intended for this film when they wrote it to be to star all children, but all, they 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 didn't think they'd get past the censors and I think that also since they were ended up being adults gives it this weird feeling because it's still written like kids like yeah i don't know if you remember that one girl who says oh sarah and Susie." i was just names. thinking that yeah. yeah and then they start uh, she's like two na- names that start with s are people who are snakes and then they start like like showing their tongue to each other like kind of like yeah. childishly right extremely childishly yeah and you're just like what the hell is going on like yeah. this is this is so weird. Um, Seeing yeah, them no, as adults like makes yeah. it feel even more fairy tale like and dreamlike and weird. So yeah, it makes it yeah definitely makes it seem dreamlike. But and like you said, it makes it feel weird. It makes it seem really like what the fuck is going on? Like because yeah, this is not the regular this, world. <laughs> this is not the regular world, and yeah, already you're like something's a little off here. Yeah, and then like you said, the music too from Goblins is very um, you know fairy tale ish like. It's not, it, it doesn't feel like you're in our reality no. or our sense of reality. So, yeah, I think I should, I should rewatch it with that, um, that in mind, because I think there were a few things like in terms of logic towards the beginning where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? No. And I, it, it just <laughs> checked and made me check out. So I think watching it with the thought of like, this is not meant to be, you know, realistic. It's meant to be, you know, a tone rather than a, a cohesive narrative, you know? 100% that. Yeah. yeah. 
it is it is light on story. Like you can sum it up in a sentence. Susie Banyan is a dancer who goes to a German dance school and weird shit happens. Like that's yeah. that's it. There's no there's not even like a conclusion. It just kind of the building gets burned down and then credits. Like he just like punches you in the face with credits. Exactly, right? <laughs> I I do like the ending. Um I well, I love and I hate the ending. Um, I wouldn't even say I That's hate it. That's totally I just fair. Have, I have issues with the ending. I, overall, I I did I did enjoy this movie. Um, I don't want you to think I hated it or anything no, like that because I definitely didn't. Yeah, it's cool if you do too because I I think it's a divisive movie. Like I oh yeah and yeah it's it's something that if it's for you it's for you if it's not it's not you know yeah I definitely I definitely got what I, I i got enough out of it and i think after watching the remake too i i definitely appreciate the original a little bit more um and i'm not shitting on the remake by saying that um but the remake does definitely flesh out the original yeah so let's get into what we liked and what we didn't like about the original um because i'm i'm, I'm already feeling the whole like let's t- let's get out what we didn't like you want to yeah, start there yeah please all right, because I don't have much to say in that department. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I want. Totally I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Okay. Um, the beginning throws me off every time because this is this is such a this might be a nitpick, but this really bothers me. <laughs> she gets off the, the off the plane and she goes to the dance school. She can't get in, and this student runs out the door, and then. I, and then she gets back in the car and starts driving away. And then all of a sudden you see a girl walk into a hotel and you're like, okay, that's her. And then it's about the girl who like ran out of the school. And I'm like, wait, who the fuck are we talking about here? And it just throw, it throws me off every time. And I just feel like I'm bombarded with a bunch of information. I'm like, who the fuck are we? Who's, who are we following here? Right. You know, it feels a little, a little disjointed. And I feel like that's one of my main issues with the movie is I don't think it flows the greatest. I think there are some parts where I'm like, if they had just given me maybe like another 20 or 30 seconds, I could have processed information a little bit better. But they all they they like have a scene where they drop some big information. Then the next one, it's like, oh my god, he's chasing me, and you're like, just fucking relax. Wait one second. I I'm still <laughs> thinking about the last scene, and now we're you know two scenes ahead, and I'm feel like I'm behind. And then the movie, it's it's also like. It feels like it's too fast sometimes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because the last 10 minutes, it's like everything that's going on (laughs) with the school. She like, she goes in, she figures everything out. She kills everyone, burns the school down, credits. And I'm like, the last 10 minutes of the movie, it's like everything (laughs) was just figured out. And I'm like, that is not enough time guys that you just why (laughs) Why? no that is that is a totally reasonable way to feel and i i i just for me that i love that that like the disorientation of it all it might it might just be the fact that it is not the best made like i i totally agree that it might just be unintentional yeah um it probably is (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly i think i think argento might have been more focused on like Ooh, this is a cool image, you know, yeah. more than like, well, what's the story trying to say here? Exactly. So, yeah. And I, I get that confusion, too, at the start, because the two girls also look very similar, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Like yeah. They, like you can't, Susie Banyan and, and the girl who gets killed there in the opener. Yeah. It's like, oh, OK, so that's not the main character anymore. I could see where that where that comes from, that feeling. Yeah. 
Also, the dubbing in this movie is just like like oh, I'm not okay. I'm not a guy who usually is like, oh man, that dubbing was awful. But like this was like distracting. Yeah. And, and that the opening scene with the girl who gets killed, like there there are two actresses in it, and I don't want to be mean, but they are really not very good, <laughs> and it is really really distracting. Like it is so, and it's just funny too because one of it's I I love it when you see two bad actors and one of them is underacting and the other one is overacting it's the funniest <laughs> thing ever because one's like i can't do it i don't know and the other one's like well what are you trying to do and it's like it's it's so funny because there's, there's this massive difference in <laughs> coming from both of them that that actually is something i liked i'm not gonna lie that actually is kind of a positive for me but so I, th- I think we got to touch on the dubbing for sure, because uh, for decades in Italian filmmaking, yeah. they they didn't record any audio on set. Oh, God. So imagine you're an actor <laughs> and none of what you actually say is captured and then it's added later. And, and then to add to that, they would use actors from all around Europe and they would mm. all speak their native language. They wouldn't all speak the same language. So you just that had to sense. trust that your your co-actor in that scene is using is saying what they're supposed to say, is saying their lines and react like they're saying the line. Yeah. So oh my God. that definitely I don't know why they did that for so long in Italy, because it's the same thing in uh, Sergio Leone's Westerns, too. Oh, yeah. like everything is dubbed. Um, mm. and every, like not everyone, but a lot of actors are speaking different languages. Um, so yeah, I think maybe it's just so that they could dub it all, all at once in different languages and try and get international releases that way. Maybe, sure, maybe that's yeah. why the process was like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think I remember when I was first getting into Italian films from that era, it threw me off completely. Like I kept... Oh, yeah. I kept resetting my DVD and stuff or like like the streaming because I thought something's got to be wrong with like how I'm watching this. Like this can't be the movie, but it is. And it, it is oh. kind of it's grown on me as like a charming quirk of oh, that yeah. that era and, and place. But it is yeah. off putting. It is that like it seems be, wrong. Yeah, that might also be why I, I feel the way I do about this movie because I do like it. But I feel like the more I watch it, the more I'll appreciate it, which is something I'm actually like kind of excited to do because, you know, I, I do like this movie. And um, the other thing is, too, I think this is this really is like my first Italian movie that I've seen. So it kind of makes sense that I'm maybe a little bit like caught off guard by some of the shit where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So that actually that explains quite a bit to be honest. Yeah, and I think I think that's totally fair cuz Italian movies from this era are not just just a foreign film. Like you can watch a French movie from that era and the style it's going to be different, but it's not like a completely different method of filmmaking. It's going to seem yeah. familiar, but this is like I don't they just had a completely different approach to everything and so Yeah. It seems weird and wrong, definitely. <laughs> oh yeah, no for sure. It's 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 quirky. Um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting in this movie <laughs> how it was made, but um, I appreciate it. I I do. Um, it'd be, the it'd only, be a weird experiment to try and make a movie that way. If, if it would we made be, something yeah, especially where n- we didn't record audio. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. 
And I mean, like, hey, I guess they didn't have to worry about, like, sound and stuff like that on the day. So maybe that was a little bit easier for them. Um, True. And, and it's interesting, too, because, like, I don't I don't know how you pronounce his name. I think his name is pronounced Yudo Kair. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, I th- yeah, Yudo Kier or Yudo Kair? Yudo Kair, Yudo Kier, whatever, whatever his name is. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, he was, he was, we talked about him. We talked about him in the Kirsten Dunst episode where he's in Melancholia and he's the guy going, she ruined the wedding. I can't look at her. And he covers his face. (laughs) Yeah, That guy's fucking hilarious in that scene. But anyway, this guy, he I've seen him in a few movies. I know what he sounds like. And then I saw him in this movie and he starts talking and it's like. Hello, this is how I am speaking to you about uh, witches at at the dance academy, and I'm like, he's fucking dubbed. He's dubbed, <laughs> and and he was because I'm like, there's no fucking way he talks like that. The guy has a thick German accent, and there's no way he sounds like this. Just perfect American seventies voice. Yeah, and I was just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited to see him, and I'm like, oh, you dubbed this fucking voice. Okay, all right, makes sense. No, that's yeah. Uh, he he was the one who gave like like all the exposition, basically, right? To like basically, he explained yeah. everything. He sat Susie Banyan down, and she was like, "What are witches?" And he was like, "A witch is this and that and this and that." Like. <laughs> Pretty much, right? That's the one thing is that it's funny when I watched the first, like when I watched the original, I was like, oh my god, they're doing like all this shit, and like, you know, like they're just given like ten minutes of just expositions one part, and I'm just like, come on, guys. And then the remake, they did it a different way, and I'm like, well, I don't like that either. I, <laughs> I, I like the original more now because I saw the remake, and I was, I was like, eh, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's inter- that is interesting. Yeah. That's for sure interesting. I think I like the way they handled it in the remake more, not because it was like a better exposition scene, but yeah. I think we follow that character more. Like they're yeah. more intertwined in the story. Whether yes. th- whether or not that's necessary is a different question, but mm-hmm. I do oh, think yeah. handling that exposition that way kind of works better. Yeah. Um I will say I understand more from the original than I do about the remake. The remake, I I just finished watching, I think, like an hour and a half ago. And, man, oh, man, I, I really don't know what the what the <laughs> hell happened there. I'm, I'm not 100% certain. And I don't know if I ever will. Um, so maybe that's the point. But I'm, I'm extremely, extremely confused. But, um, yeah. We can, <laughs> move, we can get on to the remake because... As far as like things I like and dislike, I again I'm a fanboy. I like everything yeah. about this. I, I I like its flaws too. I like its problems. Oh yeah, because to me it it it's just quirks to me. Yeah. Well, just before we move on, I'll talk about what I liked because there is actually a lot that I did like about this movie, and I don't want to seem like I'm just hi- just hating on it. You know? No. Um, I got to prove to you that I do like it. <laughs> That's I do. fine, too. Um, the one last thing, though, that I didn't love is that the main character, I literally know nothing about. Like, I, I all I know is that she's a dancer. And I'm like, yeah, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know? She is an empty vessel. She is literally an empty vessel. Um, but I mean, the actress is likable. I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to say that she's likable because I don't know anything about her. But, you know, um, 
but whatever. But what things I liked about this movie, love the way it looks. Mm-hmm. I love the music. Um, yeah. The death scenes when they happen are pretty great. Like the first, the there are like three that I can really think of. Um, the first one is like the very first with the the girl at her apartment who gets killed, and her beating That's, heart gets like slowly stabbed. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, it is weird that she. <laughs> I, then again, like we talked about, this is about tone, not rationality. But it is weird that she all of a sudden ends up somehow. She goes from the window to the roof in seconds. Right. I don't know if you if you like know what I mean, but like their hand comes through and smashes her head up against like the window. Mm-hmm. And then the next shot, she's in like a glass room and you're like, where the fuck are you? And then she gets stabbed a bunch of times. And then she's coming in through the, through the ceiling of the <laughs> building. And you're like, huh, what's going on? Where is she? Yeah. Um, but the scene is good. The scene is a really, really good scene. It's extremely bloody. Um, and it looks great. And it's also um, like, a, a fucking powerhouse of an opener because oh i think God. once it happens you're kind of like you're left with this what the fuck feeling of like w- what is this movie capable of kind of right because then it slows yeah. down for like 30 yeah. minutes it slows the hell down and it yeah. always leaves me feeling like what is next you know yeah because i'm like what's gonna happen and then like that's the that's the other thing that's the second death too is 30 minutes later you see the blind dude walking and you're like <laughs> what's gonna happen to this guy because you know something's gonna happen yeah and you're expecting something like terrible to happen uh and then his dog bites his neck and eats him you know like that's what yeah. happens and then the third one is my favorite what maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie and it's sarah's death and that's mm-hmm. a really really good one where it's um it's the whole thing with the barbed wire too. That was so that scary. was trippy to me. Oh yeah, no, that was terrifying. Um, yeah, you know what? The other thing I think about this movie that reminds me of Brian De Palma is that I feel like I don't know if the killer actually is in this movie, but in that scene with Sarah, I feel like the the killer is wearing black gloves, and I feel like in Brian De Palma's movies, the killer's always wearing black gloves or something like that and i was mm. i was just reading it uh i was reading the jalo thing on wikipedia and it was saying there's like a trademark or something like that i might be wrong but it said something about them wearing like tight black leather gloves nope, or something you're right like yeah that. the black gloved killer oh yeah. yeah which is it's it's really scary for some reason that they're wearing black gloves i don't know why it's not really that like intense but know? it's like anonymous right like you don't it's know. anonymous yeah. yeah i don't know it's just just you, when you see only that on a person, it's like they're not even human because you're not even seeing like their hand, you know, mm. like you're just seeing like a glove that they're wearing and you're like, I, I'm not even seeing like skin. I don't even know if that's a that's a human. Right. What it is. You know, it's just a, my- a mystery. But that, yeah. that works with this movie, too, because you're like, is this a spirit? Is this Mother Suspirium? Is this a witch, yeah. a demon? Like, what is that? Yeah, well, that's the thing is that you only see glimpses of it, like yeah. during the scene with the girl at the beginning. You see like a bare arm, just mm-hmm. reaching out and stabbing. Well, a little bit before that too, she's looking out the window. Me. She and she, all oh, she sees yeah. is those two glowing eyes. How yeah. fucking scary would that be? You look out a window in the middle of the night, and then yeah. two eyes, and two... you see the fucking cats poster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what it looked like, right? Like Cats the musical. That's kind of what it. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> so right <laughs> oh my god i'm never gonna look at that the same 
<laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought. When it doesn't I saw. help that it's like a hairy ass arm. That it's that, a hairy that ass arm, and those eyes are like yellow too. Like they yeah. look like the cover. Like when I see that in my head, I'm like memory. That's all I can think of when I when I see it. Um. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. And then later on, the guy's wearing like a cape and like black gloves, and you only see the back of his or her head and you're like well who the fuck is that that scares me actually that mm. that shot scares me um and that yeah there there is a lot to like about this movie i do like you know the ending is way too fast but i do like it um yeah that's a trademark of argento stuff too is he just ends his movies out of nowhere oh like, yeah <laughs> every time you just kind of get like the the credits come in like a train out of nowhere you're just like oh, oh okay it's over right <laughs> yeah and the, the thing is too this movie is just super random and whatnot but i do like it i do like how there's just like the weirdest group of people ever mm-hmm. you know like you got like pavlos or whatever who's like the the waiter who's fucking ugly as shit and, they, and they're literally saying like you can call him ugly to his face he can't understand what you're saying he only speaks romanian you know right <laughs> and then like coming over it's like hey pavlos you're fuck ugly what's up man how's it going and, and they're just saying like all this shit to his face it's kind of funny that you're like oh shit like <laughs> you just can't understand them i guess all right yeah there there is a lot to like about this movie and i and i do really i do enjoy it um there, there are some things that do frustrate me about it but i i will go back to this movie and continue watching it so okay i did i did enjoy this i out of 10 stars i'd give it like i'd give it like seven and a half or eight. I'd give it like somewhere between there. I'd give it like a seven point eight or something like that. So Okay. I'm I'm very much on the positive side with this one. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, what would you give this? A ten? Oh yeah. I give everything a ten. I think that's my shtick, honestly, from here on out. I'm gonna give everything a ten because every movie is a miracle and I'm gonna try and justify how it's a ten. I'm gonna retroactively give every movie we've watched a ten. <laughs> Are you sure you're going to give Just Go With It with Adam Sandler a 10? Wouldn't that be a fun argument to make, though? <laughs> you're like, hey, I'm going to name 10 good things about the movie, and then I'll give it a 10 out of 10, and then you can only come up with, like, three. <laughs> oh, no, but man. this movie, I love, I just love everything about it. It's oh, yeah. the colors, especially the lights, the sets, the composition of every shot, the music, I think it's, it's, it, it, the music starts like a fairy tale, like a music box. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you wind up and then the ballerina dances and it's like these twinkling little things. So that fits the fairy tale and the dance motif, but then it gets really at moments, it gets very like European rock kind of, you know, Oh yeah, it it turns into like these loud ass noises that are almost distracting and like you can't tell what's part of the movie, what's part of the soundtrack. Yeah. And whether that's intentional or not, I think it it works to disorient more. Um, Yeah. I I also love the moment when um, that one witch gives Susie the evil eye. Like she looks at her evil and the soundtrack just whispers, witch, like, thank you, soundtrack. Yeah, you know what I love in horror movies, and, and it's just movies in general, is when they have, like, the main theme, and then, mm-hmm. like, later on, they do that that theme, but in, like, different genres of music, which right. they do in this one, because they have the opening theme with, like, however it goes, where it's, like, or whatever, it's not, like, yeah. that, uh, I, I, I don't remember what song that was, it's, like, a very 
the thing I just did is like Mozart or some shit like that. But um, then they do it later on when like the the place is burning down, but they do it like like a rock song. Yeah, it's like fire. I, where it's like and you're just like, okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, there's like a motif though that they keep going back to. Exactly, that's what I love. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot to there's a lot to love about this movie. I can totally understand why you would consider this one of your favorites. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what that says about me, but I like messy movies. <laughs> well, hey man, I I'm always talking about that Vince Vaughn movie, The Dilemma. Fair. So I mean. You know, who am I to judge? I, I, this is a much better movie than The Dilemma. And yeah, I've seen The Dilemma way too many times. You know? uh, yeah, no, I, I like it. I, I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's every, it's for everyone. You're definitely not the first person who I've like told about this movie and like hyped it up. And then they come back to me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I was fully yeah. expecting that. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but I did like it. I did. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. No. I, I, and I'm glad you did. I'm glad oh, you, because yeah. you are also like a movie fan and I've given this to people who maybe aren't as yeah. movie fans. And so if, if you like, especially Italian filmmaking from this era, then you've probably seen it. But if you oh, like yeah. bold colors, especially if you like red and blue um, oh, yeah. and you want to see everything painted in shades of that check it out because it's there i don't think anyone has i've never seen another movie that does it so well i think i think there's moments where um nicholas winding refn tries to and in, in stuff like only god forgives yeah I, I got a nicholas winding refn vibe kind of from this yeah yeah i got like I, a like a de palma winding refn mix from yeah. this, which was really cool even um i i think I think even uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine has moments of color like this. Oh yeah, 100%. but I I do I do think that's much more calculated in Blade Runner. Like they are trying to to uh, it actually serves the theme and the story a lot more. Mm-hmm. This movie doesn't really have those elements. Doesn't really have much of a theme or a story. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's <laughs> but also you could you could definitely find something. I think if you if you wanted to, you could definitely look into it and and pick out some stuff. Yeah, for sure. There- for a while there, I was wondering, like, it didn't really pan out. Like, once it got to Sarah's death, I'm like, well, that doesn't make, now it doesn't really work. But I was like, is it a thing where they, when they get expelled from the school, then they die? Like, is that what it is? Because with that, it could be a theme of, like, failure or something like that. Um, But then Sarah doesn't get expelled, and then she full-on gets murdered. And you're like, oh, okay, well, then I guess not, so... <laughs> I guess that doesn't really that doesn't really work out. Um, yeah, yeah. I, eh, I what think. Can you do? Yeah, there's no really rules for the witchcraft in the original. Um, but if it's safe to move on to the remake, I think oh, yeah. they handle the witchcraft in a in a way more interesting way because there are firm rules and like a hierarchy that they're following. Yeah, interesting like, is the right word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> One one thing I loved that was kind of missing now looking back at Suspiria, the original, um, like the remake has has changed the way I look at the original now, I think, too, because yes, the the remake, the, the original doesn't show any dancing. I think there's one moment where there's, there's a bit one of dancing. Scene. Yeah. yeah. And Susie gets kind of ill and then there's no more dancing. Yeah. That's the, well, that's the one thing where I was like, there's no dancing in the original. What the hell is going on? Like, yeah. What is this, the Big Lebowski, where you never see him bowl? Like, what the fuck? It you kind know? of is that, yeah. <laughs> kind of is that, right? Yeah. Um, But in the remake, 
dancing is integral to every ritual they do every spell they cast that's how Mm -hmm. they do it they do it through dancing yeah which makes fucking sense because they're at a dance school (laughs) and it's so scary like that um when when Susie in the remake dakota johnson's role when she dances the protagonist the first time oh yeah and the one girl olga who is like kind of who had like an outburst before she starts dancing and it's cutting between Olga being Olga being like contorted and broken and like drooling everywhere and shit like yeah. that. It was oh, it was and and the dance style serves that aggression really well because it's it's such a violent like the dancing is not ballet anymore. It's oh no, it's, it's not uh, it's harsh. It's, yeah, it's like interpretive and like artsy but violent and like these like harsh moves. And so when when Susie does this harsh move, it cuts to Olga being like like her her spine twisting back and like her skin oh, yeah. stretching in a gross way. It, oh. Yeah. That was oh, awesome, man. I think. That was that was a really good scene cuz I couldn't take my eyes off of it and I was like this is so disturbing. This is so This is the thing like the <laughs> it's funny cuz after I watched the original, I was like, okay, I have thoughts on how i was actually excited to watch the remake because i'm like maybe they're they're gonna do some of the stuff differently Mm -hmm. um because after the original i was like okay i want to see that i want them to keep the way it looks i want them to keep the visuals and whatnot and like in the colors most importantly i wanted them to keep the colors because i really like the way it looked i just wanted them to flesh out the story i wanted to see more of uh Susie, i wanted to learn more about her and i just wanted to see more dancing and whatnot and then like i watched the remake and, then, and the other thing is too i wanted the original to be a bit longer so they could fit more into it and then the remake i'm like okay now it's too long <laughs> and there's no colors in this movie like I, I i'll be honest i don't i i feel like it looks kind of bland like sometimes it looks good and then other times i'm like it looks like very dry and you know, mm-hmm. kind of just dusty, and I didn't really like that. I, I liked the colors of the original. Now it looked kind of like almost just like you know a a a, a wooden room, and I'm just like, yeah, eh, I don't know. But you know, there there is a lot to like about the remake as well because the acting is really really good. They do flesh out Susie a lot better than they did in the original. Um, yeah, yeah, she's like just kind said, of this weirdo who who wants to be the best dancer. Yeah. Right. Like right from the top, you're like, like she is desperate for approval from mm-hmm. a mother figure, basically. Yeah. I and I think that's the the theme of the movie for me, at least. Yeah. No, I definitely see that too because she you you see her home life. Yeah. And that's that's another thing too, though. Like about this is that when she's having nightmares and whatnot, oh. they do like the thing that they did. In, like I think it was the ring, maybe where they they just have a bunch of shots that don't really go together well like they it, do like um yeah it's very surreal kind of yeah montage. like kind of like a non non sequitur um, yeah. kind of thing where they just you know they just do a bunch of shots that don't have anything to do with each other but the thing that i found really interesting is that like some of them are really random and mm-hmm. and then some of them are her home life like her her upbringing yeah the which abuse I was like, and stuff yeah so it's like it's mixing the two of them together which i thought was really interesting so that's something that I that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I, I the more it's one of those where like watching throughout it, I was kind of like, where is this going? It's kind of too long. Yeah. But with the ending and 
thinking about it and I talked about it with Emma. Emma couldn't watch all of it. Like she was put off by, <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, she, she was like off on the other end of the room on her computer part of it because it was like, it was getting really gross and stuff. But yeah. talking about, talking through it, I keep liking it more. Uh, yeah. But it is, I like it for the opposite reasons of the original, mm-hmm. I think, in the end, because the original is so colorful, so, such a vibe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such a vibe with not much of a story. This is the opposite. It's not colorful. It's cold. It is like, yeah. the the colors in this are mostly non-existent. There's a couple moments, mm-hmm. but it's just cold and, and harsh. Um, yeah. But it's it goes really far into trying to set up some rules for the story, set up some logic um, and, and themes and, and stuff to unpack. Like what I, what I took yeah. away from it in the end was different types of motherhood. Cause you've got Susie's biological mother who called her a smear on the world and said that yeah. Susie was her biggest sin. Exactly. Yeah. And then you've got Tilda Swinton as Madame Blanc, who is, a mother who clearly loves her and is kind, but is also maybe inappropriate a little. Like there's, there's, there were moments where I felt like they were, she was kind of trying to seduce her. I don't know. I didn't. I got that. Yeah. Right? I, I, I got, I got a bit of a, a bit of a, are these two going to have sex? Yeah. Kind of vibe, you know, like I didn't know what was going to happen between the two of them. And I was like, I'm getting a little bit of a, you know, maybe maybe in a little bit of a, a power abuse here. Right? Yeah, and and yeah. that's the thing because she's also very kind and loving to her. Like Susie comes away from their first meeting, like, oh my god, she was so kind. Like, fi- like yeah. it was like finally someone made her feel accepted. Yeah. Um. But then I'm thinking, like, is Madame Blanc gonna like abuse this and like try and you know do some some weird shit to her? Unclear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then there's obviously Mother Suspiriorum who wants to take over Susie's body. She's a manipulative mother, right? Yeah. Um, and in the end, spoilers. Um, I will say spoilers because it's a recent movie. So if you do like weird horror, check it out. Um, but, Amazon Prime. Yes, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, the In the end, Susie becomes the Mother Suspiriorum. Well, she she was the Mother Suspiriorum the whole time. And she gives mercy to everyone who who didn't do any harm to her. She's going around, she's like, what would you like, child? And they're like, I want to die. And she she kills them, like, peacefully. But then the ones who weren't on her side, she's blowing their fucking heads off and just walking through all these <laughs> naked dancing bodies and, like, blowing up heads and shit. I don't yeah. know. There's, there's something... I think there's something to that. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm... I'm, I'm... I'm really put off by this movie, but it's not a, that's not an insult. That's a compliment because I mean that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm a little kind of like Ugh, about this movie is actually a good thing because I mean this doesn't happen often. Um, it's an uncomfortable just, watch. Yeah, it's not. It's an uncomfortable movie to to sit through. So I'm 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 impressed and I'm I'm glad that it did that. I think what bothers me about this is that. You know, I wanted the vibe of the original, but I wanted the story of this one. So I feel like ah, it's just so frustrating because it's like I want both, but it's like nobody can give me both. Like everyone's like, well, you got to pick one. And I'm like, but why? You know? No, why? that's true. Why can't I have both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just want like the colors of the original and the way that the original one looks. 
but I want the story of this one. Right. And it's just very frustrating because I'm like, you just, can somebody just combine the two, please? You know? Yeah. Help me out here. <laughs> no, that's, that's really, I think you're right. That would be the perfect combo, wouldn't it? Yeah. And, and that's the thing too. Let's talk about Luca Guadagnino. Is that his name? Yeah. Guadagnino? That sounds okay. right. That sounds, yeah. Let's hope. It's the guy who did um, Call Me By Your Name. I think there's a connection here, too, that I, yeah. I wasn't sure about at first. But because he, uh, he's known for making this, this like, loving, tender movie about, about love, right? Yeah. And a relationship that's, you know, uh, there's a big age gap. And a peach. And a peach. And um, a peach, yeah. Is, aren't there a few, like, very loving and heartfelt moments in this? Like, especially when Sarah... Like, uh, Susie has a nightmare and Sarah comes in to her bed and, like, uh, Susie goes, like, oh, yeah, my, my sisters used to do this. And, and Sarah's like, I'm your sister now. And it's just kind of, oh, like, yeah, it, it's it's so tender and full of heart. And it it, it threw me off watching it because I'm like, oh, this is really sweet. They're, like, really good friends now. They're sisters. Yeah. But I, then I realize I'm like, I just saw a fucking terrifying nightmare. Like, yeah, it's like whiplash almost. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I got from this. It's like this is I, this is the vibe I got from this movie. I got Whiplash meets Call Me by Your Name meets Shape of Water, but really fucked up. Yeah, a little that's bit of hereditary in there too. I With think, a little bit of hereditary wise. in there, absolutely. Yeah, like where where you can't see all the details because the the it's so muddy, but you're like, there's some fucked up shit there in the background. Like when exactly. when Sarah goes to find um, Patricia. And there's, mm-hmm. like, the person without the arms and legs. Yeah. Yeah, that's really fucked up, man. <laughs> that was really... That whole thing really, really bugged me. Because I was like, oh, my God, why can't these people just die? Like, can they just not be be around anymore? Like, it's just... it's it, it, That's the worst thing about this movie, I think. And this is a compliment, of course. But Yeah. Is that in the original, people get killed, and then they're dead. Like, that's it. But in this one, it's like... They they get really really distorted and then they're alive for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. and you're it's really awkward because you see them and you're like oh god you're still here yikes like it's just you just feel bad because you're like man that, that can't be fun what have That's they done to you fun. kind of right yeah like what have you done to you? it reminded me of I don't know if you've ever watched American Horror Story Asylum yes oh but, that that's the best season yeah oh. Yeah, that that or the first one, in my opinion, but definitely, yeah, that's that's definitely probably the best. Um, do you remember Chloe Sevigny in that one? Uh, restart my memory a little, because I she, haven't seen it since it came out, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen it in, in like five years or something like that, but I remember there's one part where they like cut off her legs and like... <gasps> Oh, yeah. Yes. And yes. then she's like crawling around and she has like no arms and legs or something like that. Yes. It's really, really really it's cruel yeah it's really cruel and really disturbing oh god i'm getting all getting chills again god damn yeah it's two o'clock in the afternoon i'm getting freaked out here (laughs) my god it's sunny it's sunny for god's sakes (laughs) i'm getting freaked out oh boy but yeah no it's very disturbing because it's it's just hard to look at because you're like oh man what happens you know what did Mm -hmm. they do yeah i think i think that vibe was definitely in that scene and it's sort of like you see that in the background for a second. I'm like, is that a body back there? And then yeah. you see it crawl through the shadows and mm-hmm. its face is obscured and you can't see all the details. And 
it's just yeah chills chills everywhere yeah. and when you see chloe grace Moritz's character and like what's become of her patricia yeah. it's like what the fuck did they do to you yeah like i it, i get um sarah's whole impulse there right first she's like okay we're gonna get you out we're gonna get you out and then the the other woman or person starts crawling towards her and she's like i gotta get the fuck out because i don't want to end up like this yeah which was like one of the most reasonable things I've seen a character do in a horror movie. Yeah, it's like a horrible thing to do, but at the same time, you're like, no, I get that. Like, I would do I, that I, too. I would do that too. It, it did make me miss the cat eyes a little bit because I was like, okay, we're <laughs> come on, let's just get some cat eyes going, guys. Come on, mm-hmm. let's lighten it up a little bit. Um, yeah, that's um, it is. It, this is a really disturbing movie and that that is something i will give it credit for because i i do like it when it's when it's something that is mm-hmm. that makes me feel uncomfortable like it was it was hard to because i was like an hour and 40 hour and 50 minutes into this movie and i was so tired i'm like i gotta go to sleep so i went to sleep i woke up this morning and i'm like i gotta finish the last 40 minutes of it so but so, I, I so was, you saw from like was it like the 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 final ritual and the epilogue I think it was Act Six in the epilogue. I think that's what it was. Okay. Um, that was what I saw this morning, and it was just like I remember just this feeling of dread there that I had to finish this movie, and I was like, "Oh, I don't. I want to, but I like I want to know what happens, but I really don't want to sit down and and do yeah. it." Which I think is which I think is um, that's something I actually really like about movies is when it it makes you go like. You got to finish it. And you're like, I know. Can we just, can we, can it just be a happy ending? And you know, it's not going to be a happy ending, but you're like, please. Although like kind well, of this, was. Well, this one, this one had a, you know, not a, not a horrible ending, but no, like sometimes. There was you, mercy though. There was mercy. No, but you're, but before I saw it, I was like, yeah, I'm no. having a feeling I'm, I'm not going to get what I want to see here. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling no one's, no one's going to be, you know. Tilda Swinton's not going to come walking out of here like, oh, you know what? I think it's time we use our powers for good. You know, you're never going to see that in this yeah. movie. I was just like, ah, oh, shit, this is going to go. This is this is this is hard. You know? Yeah. This is hard to sit through. What did you think of uh, that that whole Joseph character? Because I thought that was another the doctor, the psychologist. Yeah. I thought that was another one that was very heartfelt because you've got these notes of this like kind of lost love throughout his arc. And then they kind of trick him into thinking that she's back, Anka, who's played by the same actress who played Susie in the 70s. Yes. Yeah. That was that was nice. That and was they, a nice nod. They yeah. bring her back and they kind of go on like this lovely date where they get to catch up. And then he's walking and he looks back and she's gone. And like my heart sank. Like watching it, yeah. I knew something is up. Something like uh, this is an illusion, but yeah. fucking hell. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Devastating. Um, with that whole thing... I I think I need to give it another shot, the whole movie. But that whole subplot, I kind of wasn't a huge fan of. I really cared more about Susie and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I'm like, "Where is this going? Like, where is this? How do these intersect? To? Yeah, yeah. How do these intersect? And by the time it did, I was like, okay, but I would have much rather have just seen this. It's funny because you know we we talk about 
horror movie remakes and it's like we should they should be completely different than the original like they should try to be as different from the original as possible this is one where i was like i actually would have preferred if it was closer to the original to be completely honest it went very different it went it went, so it went the different. opposite like the only similarity is dance school which is character names that's yeah that's all you much. get really and it's really only like four character names that are really similar yeah i think anyway but like, and their characterization is completely different exactly yeah and it was just like oh fuck man like and it's just like why did nightmare have to be the exact same but this one couldn't you know i was i was a little bit like man but i think if i were to rewatch this one i would know what i'm in for and i would probably appreciate it more because of that um yeah but because I started watching this, like, oh, this is going to be, like, the original, but, like, maybe a little bit more fleshed out. And then it was totally different. I was I was not quite prepared for that. And I was like, ah, shit. Uh, what can you do? So Yeah, it's, it's very different. I almost see them in my head now as two different movies because there's... Yeah. The, again, there's there's barely any similarity to them. And I think even exactly. just the fact that this movie seems, whether it's conveyed well or not, it seems to want to have a point because there's this whole like political undertone to it. Yeah. Um, and that was that was odd for me. That was also just like, what's what's going on, guys? Yeah, like, that didn't connect for me while I was watching it. But I did look into that the whole like Red Army faction thing and like that mm-hmm. that historical situation. And the way that I can kind of parse it is that the the movie early on opens and shows that there's like a divide between the witches. They're voting, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this clear power struggle. Yeah. And I think the setting of Germany at that time also was, I guess, a power struggle between different ideologies and different leaders. Sure, so yeah. in that sense, it probably relates. I don't know if it was necessary, although I didn't completely dislike the texture that it added. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. It was just something I just felt like there was already so much happening where mm-hmm. I was like, do we need another kind of thing going on? Like No. Because I mean, the other thing is too, like they could have had it on TV in the background or something like that. Yeah, just as like texture. Just as texture, but then there were like parts where it's like just showing the TV like explain some of these events and I'm like Wait, so I have to... Oh, my God. And I was just like, what the fuck is, am I paying attention to now? Because I'm like, there's, there's Dakota Johnson, and there's this whole thing with Patricia, and then there's the the doctor, and then there's the witches and all. And there's so much to focus on already, and then there's more. And I'm like, look, guys, I... Uh, it's and it was also let's let's also just be honest here. It was like two a.m. I was watching this and I was exhausted. Yeah. So when it starts showing all this, I'm like, guys, can we just pick one and stick with it, please? Just let's just yeah, let's make it easy on me. It's been a long day. Let's just you know. I, come I on. think this film is definitely an endurance test, and <laughs> it yeah, it's yeah. it's nice that it is broken up into acts like very mm-hmm. cleanly, but yes. also. Uh, it's, it's hard to get through the whole thing. It is like, it, it kind of almost made me feel like I was one of those dancers fucking pushing myself to get through a performance. Cause I yeah. was pushing myself to get through this too last night. I'm happy uh, that I watched it. And, and oh, I, same, I, yeah. I personally like the way, or I like what it went for. Um, yeah, I definitely fall more on the side of like, 
I like it and I will rewatch it. I might rewatch just like certain acts of it, honestly, because there's, there's more like parts and ideas that I like more so than the whole, but uh, Mm -hmm. that might change too. Cause again, my first time watching this, um, I can agree with you there. I, I like the movie as well. And I think it's just because I think what it just comes down to is I just, I didn't quite know what I was in for. And yeah. I think rewatching it, I would. It's it's like a knives out kind of thing where I'm like, I didn't know what I was in for, but now I'm I'm excited to kind of give it another watch because now I'll know what's gonna, what I'm what I'm supposed to be kind of expecting, and maybe I'll look for different things in it. And I think I I'll could see this being, yeah, I could see this being one where there's lots of clues. Yep, but no, because I sure. wouldn't say anything mm. felt out of place, even though I was kind of like, whoa, what the fuck? But it it makes yeah. sense. And yeah. there's probably clues throughout that there's point to, throughout, yeah. yeah, that point to Susie being the mother's Suspirium or like how this whole power dynamic and with the larger politics of the world, how that all relates. Cause I'm still kind of struggling to connect that, but like it's there. And we, As I, I know yeah. this, this, this filmmaker puts thought into what they make. Yeah. So something is there. I don't think it was just nonsense. It was probably more thought out than uh the original absolutely yeah i also just love the dance in this oh no the dance is fantastic um is it actually the actresses doing the dancing like is it actually dakota johnson doing the dancing i think so i i did read somewhere i think just on the wiki that uh she she had to like train in practice for this movie god damn well done great job well done yeah i don't know if all of it was her but I have a massive crush on Dakota Johnson, so that's that's just like adding to it. Where I'm like, wow, all right, she can dance too. Okay. Yeah, I I hadn't seen her before in much. I feel like I kind of go face blind to her because I never yeah. recognize her. Like, but that's a sign of a good actor too that she can disappear. Oh yeah, no, for sure. She it's unfortunate because she gets kind of shit for being in you know Fifty Shades of Grey, right? But like, hey man, like I feel like. Someone compared her to to Kristen Stewart once, and I'm like, you know what? She kind of is because she is uh, a really good actress who got tied down by a really stupid fucking um, like franchise, mm-hmm. you know? Um, what else what is, is she, she in? She was in. Okay, she made a cameo in the Social Network. Okay, I don't remember that. She was. You remember that scene where Justin Timberlake is like at a girl's house and he's like on a laptop or whatever? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. her. That's oh. a, he, she's the girl he was sleeping with. <laughs> oh gosh, she, she cameoed in Twenty One Jump Street. See, I don't remember that. I always forget her face until yeah. I see her. <laughs> she was. If you see her, if you watched Twenty One Jump Street again now, you'd be like, "Oh shit, that's her." She was like one of the cops at the church, like okay, who's like undercover. She was in How to Be Single, Bad Times at the El Royale, The Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, the High Note, which just came out not too long ago, A Bigger Splash, Black Mass. Um, it says Need for Speed. I don't remember her in that, but then yeah. Again, then again, Rami Malek was in that one, and so was Michael Keaton. So a lot of great people <laughs> are in that piece of shit movie. So well, when I started watching this, I wasn't sure which one Dakota Dakota Johnson was. <laughs> oh wow but then but then like emma pointed out i'm like okay yeah she's actually really good oh yeah no 100 percent um yeah no i i i love her i think that she's fantastic i think what she did really well too was throughout the film she's playing this kind of like ambitious weirdo 
who kind of doesn't belong anywhere and finally finds somewhere where she belongs. And so it's like, there's layers to that. And at no point does she outright say it. It's all just like shown through the film. Um, Mm -hmm. And then at the end when she's mother Suspiriora or Suspiriorum or whatever, that's a different, like her eyes fucking change. Like, Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. She is a completely different person and she feels possessed. And that's something that's hard to do. And I think that definitely, that hit me really strongly of what a good performer she is. Oh yeah, no, she's, she's fantastic. Um, And this movie, this, this movie, even if it's not like the greatest movie ever, it should serve to people who don't respect her to show her, to show them like, Hey, look, she's a really good actress. Like Mm -hmm. shut the fuck up. You know, she's fantastic. Um, She's really good in bad times at the El Royale. That's a, that's one. I that's that's one that's that's interesting. It, it, that's another one. That's one we should talk about. It's it's, it's another overlong movie, but hmm. you know it's got some good stuff in it. Um, she likes yeah. movies that are way too long. <laughs> <laughs> she gets yeah, a script right? that's like two hundred and thirty pages. She's like, yes, <laughs> I take it. <laughs> yeah, she gets a script that's like you know pretty short, and she's like, not I don't know. long enough. No, returning it, guys, returning it. <laughs> Um, what did you was, think of uh, oh sorry go ahead oh no what were you gonna say I, I I was gonna ask what did you think of the soundtrack this time around because it's, it's oh the soundtrack you know what that's actually an interesting thing because uh, it was Tom York who did it from Radiohead right mm-hmm. I I liked it but I okay here's the thing about this movie is this a fucking horror movie or what because it doesn't it doesn't really feel like a horror movie half the time is how I felt about it, you know. Yeah, like it, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, because sometimes it did, and when it did, I was like, okay, cool. And then oh, when it times, did, it made sure you knew it was fucking yeah. terrifying. Oh yeah, no, and that, and those scenes are like my favorite scenes in it. But then we have like this whole like sensitive subplot with the whole like you know Joseph and whatnot, and it just I'm like, is this a fucking you know like our a political like, drama it? or something? a political drama set in the seventies, or is this a horror movie about dancing? Like, what is it? Because I because it's both. Because <laughs> it, it did because I was worried this was going to feel like Call Me by Your Name, but a horror movie, and it felt like Call Me by Your Name, but a horror movie. And yes, it was better than I thought it would be, but like at the same time, it's ca- fucking Call Me by Your Name, but a horror movie. Like, give me a break, come on. So I like the music. I just didn't. I just. I don't know if it really fit the whole horror vibe of it. It felt kind of like a, like a sensitive drama yeah. at points, but I was like, I, I want the soundtrack to be a little more, you know, fear inducing. I'll say this. This is probably the best job they could have done with a sensitive soundtrack that they yeah. had to make a scary movie. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of off-putting because it is it does sound like something you'd see in a drama. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Dakota Johnson is, is dancing and she's distorting somebody's body in another yeah. way at the same time. Yeah, it is. It is off-putting. It is off-putting. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I, I do not know how I feel about this movie. This is a really weird movie and I just don't know how I feel. I don't know if I like it or I, I, I know I like it and I don't hate it i don't dislike it but there are things in this movie that i don't know if i like or not you know i know i like the whole product overall but if you take out little pieces of it i'm like i don't know if i like that or not because yeah it's really hard to say 
Um, Which is always interesting for a movie. Like it, it's exactly. a lot of hard work and 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 skill obviously went into this, but yeah. it's it makes sense why both the like every every like score aggregate review site has this at like a a, a 60 40 or like a 50 50 like it is yeah. one of the most like you show this in front of two different people they will come out of it feeling two completely different ways and mm-hmm. i think it's cool when a movie does that um, absolutely but yeah i think i think the soundtrack by tom york kind of does the same thing as the rest of the movie it tries to be the opposite of the original right like it's it is more subdued it's not as much a character of the film as goblin Mm. soundtrack was in the original i will say there's a couple tracks that i want to go back to and it's the one where they do the the first uh dance show um in front of like the crowd where where uh sarah comes back and like has a broken leg yeah that song was like hypnotizing and i think that really fit the scene that they were that going for scene is maybe my favorite scene in the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, that's a really, really, really good scene. Um, that whole so yeah, dance. No, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. And, and I, but that's also to the, to that point, it's also probably the only song that felt like scary, like ritualistic, right? Mm-hmm. It felt like they were doing some ritual witchcraft, some, some kind of dark shit was going to go down. Um, yeah. And 100%. then that that last song too, where uh, Susie's like walking around killing and or showing people mercy, and <laughs> it's like this beautiful love song, as if it's like freaking Valentine's Day. I like that because it's such like there's such dissonance between the imagery, which is horrifying, yeah, um, versus like a song that's like, but she's your loving mother, like it, it's yeah, like, and it's and it's not like cheesy either. It's not like where it's not like the purge where they're playing like really like happy music and then people are killing each other. But no. it's like obviously we get it. It's it's uncomfortable, but like you're also like we get it, dude. Like stop this. This actually does it with like class and it's know, dreamlike. Yeah, dreamlike. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think. I've I've listened to the Goblin soundtrack more. Um, oh yeah. And I, I hadn't heard this one yet until I saw the movie, but I I'm gonna go back to it just to kind of get a better feel for just the music because you're right, it didn't, it kind of fell to the background in a lot of moments, and yeah, I do think that's intentional because everything else in this movie they're trying to do the opposite yeah. of the oh, original. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I I definitely agree with you there. Whether um, that's good or not, I again I'm on the fence. Yeah, with that too, but. I think I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Would you prefer this or the original? Parts of this, and I feel bad for saying, but I do prefer parts of this. I prefer the scares, I think. And really? I, pref- right. I prefer the dance. I love that yeah. idea that the dance is cast. Like Now every time I rewatch Suspiria, I'm just going to be thinking, like, why the fuck aren't you casting spells with your dance? Like, that is duh. Like, yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah, but of course that would be your main power. Um, oh yeah, no, hundred percent. I do, I do kind of. Even though I'm still not sure what to make of it, I do kind of like the story more. Um, and I think I will now. In the like, I still, I would, I wouldn't. I'm still more inspired by the original because I yeah. want, I want to make things that look and feel that way. Um, but if I was going to try and make scares and make a horror movie, I'd probably try and like model scares after this and just like, you know, not 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 the runtime. I wouldn't want to model the runtime. 
I much prefer the runtime of the original, but I, I think you said it best. Like the perfect Suspiria movie is a blend of both, right? Yeah. That's the thing. I think overall, I probably prefer the original. And okay, part of that might just be that it's fucking shorter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I can isn't watch that funny, it. though? Sorry? Isn't that funny, though? Because I came into this as a lifelong fan of the original, and I'm like, I might like the remake more. And you're coming in here as like a newer, like a first time watcher of both, and you're like, the original. So I think the that's original. really cool. The original, in my opinion, I, I agree with you. I, I think the dancing is a lot better in the in the what do you call it in the remake but here's the thing that i find is that i liked the tone of the original more because yes. it felt like there was a fun there was there was something fun and energetic about it and this one feels slow and you know kind of breezy like this you know that's that's kind of how i would describe the tone this this is how i would describe it like this i would describe it like this asmr basically but like ASMR it, from like the the most demonic voice ever. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it it just I like that I like my horror movies with like a tone of just like excitement, and I feel like this one mm. has like a relaxed, you know, feeling of it. And I'm just like I don't really I don't really like that. I like the story. I like it, but like I said, you know, if they had the excitement, the colors, the bright, the vibrance of the original, and then the story and the acting of this one, perfect, perfect movie. But yeah, <laughs> it's that's not interesting. There. How, it's what do you think so... of this this recommendation? If you like a slow ass, high concept sci fi like two thousand one, but yeah. it's slow as hell. Yeah. But and you want that tone on a horror movie? Yeah. Check out this remake. <laughs> what I was yeah, that's that's actually perfect. What I was also thinking was if you saw Suspiria, saw Suspiria and you liked it but you wanted it to be better, um and you really 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 love Call Me By Your Name, check out this. That's, that's what true. I was thinking because this this feels like I've said it like three times but it's Call Me By Your Name but a horror movie. <laughs> yeah no it's just waiting for a scene with the peach that's what i was doing it really is like that though because there is like a heartfelt and kind of sexual undertone to a lot of it that surprised me even though it shouldn't have but yeah well there's even the part where like dakota johnson's explaining why she wants to dance like on the ground and she like kind of gets on the ground and she makes like a noise that sounds like she's like kind of like yeah no turned on I, no I, I think she was having an orgasm there because it, it, it's cutting between that and like um like a witch hand against the ceiling so she's on the floor and i assume the witch hand beneath her on the on the floor beneath was like there's a connection there yeah there's a connection but, all right uh <laughs> it's weird it's, yeah, it's it is super really. weird i kind of love that i kind of yeah <laughs> I do I do appreciate that for sure. It's um it's an interesting movie for sure, man. Oh god. I don't know what to make of this movie. What a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre experience watching both of these movies was. I'll I'll for sure be going back to this remake and the original. I've seen the original a bunch of times, but I'll be going back to it to the remake yeah. because I just I just love when a movie makes me feel weird and makes me ask questions but not in a way that i'm like oh you obviously didn't think about this but when i'm asking questions about this i'm thinking like what are you getting at 
Like mm-hmm. there's an intention here. Yeah. Exactly. So, but they are opposites. Like yeah, they, no, for sure. You know who was supposed to direct this before Luca Gudanino was? Who? David Gordon Green. What did he do again? He did the Halloween uh, reboot that you love. Oh. The, the, the 2018 Halloween one. Oh, there's a connection there. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad it. I'm glad though that he went the way it did, because I think that loving that loving uh, angle to this movie adds a really fucked up texture to everything. Sure, but that is interesting though. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I might have preferred if David Gordon Green did it, but Fair. It's, it's I'm happy with this Suspiria. I'm very happy with it. Um. If I ask you what are you going to rate it out of t- out of ten, are you going to say ten? <laughs> I, I will, and I do, I do, I do stand by that. <laughs> I, Every I, single movie from now on, um, Greg tries to justify a ten. <laughs> just wait until we get to Halloween, and I'm like, okay, what did you think of Rob Zombie's Halloween? And you have to go ten, ten, yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! I might have cursed myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe uh, I won't do that for everything, but I will try to. And I will say, I think this is a 10 as a remake because instead of trying to recapture whatever it was that that original Suspiria captured, mm-hmm. which was just this one of a kind thing. Yeah. Um, This went in a completely different direction and just took the barest bones, took like maybe three bones out of the corpse of the original Suspiria and completely redressed them into a different movie. Like, I think these are two different movies and that's what a remake should do. It's this, it's absolutely what it should do. Um, I do respect this movie, even though, like I said, like I would have loved it if this one was actually closer to the original. Cause I feel like this is, this is the kind of remake that should have been closer to it. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not like angry or upset that they didn't do that. And that's good that they didn't, because I mean, like if you're just going to do the same thing, I mean, re- what's really the point? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's just cause I, I did really like the original, but I, I wanted it to just be just a little bit more. I wanted to go a little bit deeper and a little bit, maybe a little bit longer, just to flesh some stuff out a little bit better. And just the or like, I feel I find movies, you know, especially with doing this podcast, the thing I'm learning is that movies are really like just a medium that it's basically you're organizing information, you know, because it's storytelling. So you're organizing information in the way that's the most interesting. And I feel like the original almost got it, but almost. didn't quite do it. And then I was like, okay, well, can we do a remake where it just gets it right? And then this one was like, nope, we're starting over, starting from scratch. And I was like, okay, well, we didn't we didn't need to start from scratch. We could have just, you know, edited it a little bit. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. Luca wanted to do something different. And, you know, he directed Call Me By Your Name. So he gets to do whatever he wants. I did you know? read somewhere that he has wanted to remake Suspiria ever since he first saw it, like 30 years ago. And well, it kind of shows because something he yeah. was like, I like this idea, but mm-hmm. I want to do it my own way. Yeah. And I kind of respect that, too, because I do. Yeah. If, if I were to try and remake it or like if anyone who was a huge fan of Suspiria tried to remake it, maybe I might have been too tied to that original to do anything new. Yeah. 
Um, and I could see a big fan of the movie doing that. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it makes it better when you don't show yeah. reverence for the original. Because there's moments, obviously, they bring back uh, the original Susie Banyan. There's moments where there's like fanfare for oh, yeah. no, the original, but it's something completely of its own, too. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, the other thing that's interesting about the David Gordon Green movie is Isabel Huppert. I think is her name. She was supposed to play Madame Blanc. And it's really funny because when I was watching the original and I saw the actress who played Madame Blanc, I was like, oh, it looks like Isabelle Huppert. <laughs> so they literally were going to cast somebody who does look like the modern day, you know, version of her. Right. And I was like, oh, fantastic. I'm trying to figure out what her actual name was. The modern day version of Joan Bennett. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, no. Um I definitely I do I do like this movie and I don't want to make it sound like I don't. Um I do respect it and I am happy with it. I think out of 10 stars I'd give it like a I give it like a 7 and a half. Mm. So, so like, was I, that higher or lower than Um I would I I definitely prefer the original. I think I think the original I gave it like 7.8. Okay. Um I I'm I'm going to st- I'm going to stick there. I'm going to say 7.8 for the original, 7.5 for the remake. So they're close. They are close. Um, I definitely prefer the the original though, for sure. It's just, and it's and it's not that it's a better movie. It's just what I like personally. I just like the the vibe of the original more, and I feel like it was more interesting to watch, yeah. in my opinion. Um, but objectively speaking, that's a different conversation. I feel like the remake is probably better objectively. Um, but what I'm gonna sit down and watch more is. Definitely the original. Yeah, same. The uh, yeah. the original is infinitely rewatchable. I think this one you've got to plan a day around it. That's actually that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, this the you know Suspiria is like you got friends over and you're like let's watch a horror movie. It's like what are we gonna watch? We've seen everything already, and it's like oh my god, you guys are in for a treat. Let's watch Suspiria. Yeah, and it'll you just know? set a mood more it'll than like you mood. you can talk through it. You can have a good time exactly. it's like a good it's literally just like a wall art the movie yeah, exactly and you know what too is that there are some clues in the original that are kind of interesting so i feel like you can kind of mm-hmm. peel back some layers of the original but it's a i don't know I, I feel like you can have more fun with it i feel like if you're at a party and then you're like hey guys let's watch Spiria the remake i feel like you're gonna get 10 minutes into it and somebody's gonna go yeah. Okay, you're not picking any fucking more movies, dude. You're an asshole. Yeah. Okay, for making us sit through this. And then as soon as like the fucking body horror starts, other people are gonna walk out like that's too much. Like it's yeah. it's not for everyone at like all. Like your girlfriend did, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know who I think would have been interesting to try and remake this movie? If they it wouldn't have happened in a million years, but if they did this in like the nineties Cronenberg mm-hmm. might have been interesting to do with the whole body horror stuff, like the yeah, contorting. That's something, I would have been, yeah, yeah. That's something that wasn't really in the original, but yeah, I like that they brought to this because yeah, dance is to a certain extent like a form of you know body contortion. You're doing art, hundred yeah. percent, with with your body. So yeah, exactly. uh, that's that's that is really interesting. Yeah, I also just love David Cronenberg. I mean, holy shit. Yeah, I'm going to be rewatching The Fly for for this spooky season, so I might too, honestly. I haven't seen it in years and that's one of the best. Um Alrighty, great. So, that was a good discussion on the original and the remake. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so much to dig into. So much to dig into. And it's interesting that, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm coming to this one new and I prefer the original and you've been a lifelong fan of the original, but now you might prefer the remake. I um, might. It's very, very interesting. So, yeah, this this is one that I really I'm glad I watched and. I'm going to be honest, I was nervous to come on to do this episode because I'm like, what the fuck am I going to say about these movies? Because I don't know if I got them and I still <laughs> don't know if I did. I think I have a better understanding of the remake now, um, but they're they're very different movies. So that's I will sure. say, I, I personally don't think there's much to <laughs> dig into with the original. It I is agree. A, it is a mood uh, more than anything. Yes. Um. Like any kind of illogical things in the original, I've always been like, ah, it's a dream or like it doesn't. It's it's, it's just like a music video that's awesome and like the best thing ever. But also, you know, but yeah, Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's cool that you've you found some appreciation for Suspiria. I'm glad I could impart that onto someone. Yeah, no, for sure. It's funny because I watched the original twice for this and now I kind of want to watch it again. So just just wait. This this will become you know, one that I really enjoy. I love that. So, so yeah, um, you'll definitely get that. Oh, another crossover between, um, Brian De Palma and, uh, this movie is that Dario Argento cast Jessica Harper in this movie after seeing her in Phantom of the Paradise, which was directed by Brian De Palma. It's all connected. It's all connected. No, I think you just have like a smart, like, you looked at this in a smart way then, because, yeah, there's <laughs> at the start, you were like, I don't know what it is. But as we dug into it more, you're like, nope, there's a clear, like, De Palma connection. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh, De Palma's in the movie, actually. Yeah, he, his he does essence. an acting. <laughs> um, we'll definitely have to do him soon, because he's fantastic. I'd love that. Yeah. Alrighty. Let's talk about our favorite horror movie soundtrack. That'll be kind of our favorite thing for today. Yeah. Like the the Goblin one is one. As soon as um, Spooky Season started for me, that was one that was in my regular Spotify rotation. Um, oh. Same with a bunch of John Carpenter stuff, his Halloween stuff. And especially I like his soundtrack for Halloween 3, which is like a much oh, disliked Halloween movie. But I, yeah. I do like the music for it. Anything like synth heavy and weird and witchy, that's like the oh, the, yeah. the feeling I like for Halloween. Yeah, that's that's probably why I dug dig the original Suspiria because I like that eighties synth kind of music. Yeah, but it, yeah, it blends that too with like a lot of rock. Oh yeah, no, I love the the rock music is is good too. Um, so should we get into some honorable mentions? Yeah, go for it. Cool. I'm also I didn't write this one down, but I'm going to say the Lost Boys. Um, oh, because I remember that one being good. I'm just going to look up who did the music in that one. Also, let's talk about the Lost Boys for half a second here and just honor the fact this was directed by Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher has definitely done some cool stuff. He's done some good movies. He did this. He did A Time to Kill. He did Phone Booth. He did uh, yeah. Falling Down. He's done some good stuff, you know? he. I, I wouldn't say he's a bad filmmaker. I think he's made some bad choices. Oh, yeah. But, like, his, especially, you know... Now that he's done making movies, obviously, R.I.P. Um, looking oh. back, looking back, though, at his filmography, there's something to it that I think connects them all. And I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. He, he's a very interesting uh, filmmaker. And 
yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoy his stuff. The Lost Boys music was done by Thomas Newman. Um, so, good job, Thomas. You made a really good soundtrack. Then we also got Candyman by Philip Glass. That's a really good one. And then you put anything by John Carpenter. I agree. He's he's awesome. He's amazing at pretty much everything he does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then last but certainly not least is uh, Psycho by Bernard Herrmann. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's hard not to put as my favorite because Psycho is my favorite horror movie of all time. Mm-hmm. It's in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. So it's hard not to put it there. But there is one soundtrack that I do enjoy just a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have a similar feeling too for the for my number one because oh yeah I listen to John Carpenter's music all the time and so I I I considered putting my favorite horror soundtrack as just anything by John Carpenter yeah <laughs> but the more I thought about it and the horror soundtrack that most affected me in a horror movie mm-hmm. is without a doubt the soundtrack from Toby Hooper's original texas chainsaw massacre it was done by him and and wayne bell and it's barely a soundtrack it's it's very much a series of like cacophonous noises like pots and pans hitting together it's it's experimental and off-putting and strange and kind of jazzy i think too yeah because it's kind of you know lacking form or not lacking form but the form is more experimental i guess and I, I, I've just always loved it. Whenever I watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's something that stands out to me as like, it really adds to the fear factor of the movie because oh, yeah. something is broken. Something's off. Something isn't right. And the music complements that. Yeah. Oh, man. The more that we talk about them, the more that I'm like, oh, my God. But what about The Shining? Oh, my God. But what about Nightmare on Elm Street? There are so many good soundtracks yeah. that we have probably forgotten about. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's a really good one. Um and I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I need to check that one out again. It's a very, mm-hmm. very scary movie and a very, very good one. Yeah. My favorite horror movie soundtrack is actually a very recent one, and it's Us by Michael Abels. Um, I'd also put Get Out as an honorable mention, but... Um, Us is Us, special, though. Us, should, Us is so special because when that movie starts... Like, I remember the opening scene happened, and then it gets right into the first song... And it's just like, I remember just getting chills in the theater mm-hmm. and it was just like really, 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 um, you know, like, oh my God, like what the hell's going on? And then the other thing is too, that I love about this movie, you know, uh, there's this track that plays at the very end of the movie when, um, red and well, the, t- the two characters that Lupita Nyong'o plays mm-hmm. are fighting and they play this song called pad de de. That's yes. the, so that that tune of the song, I watched, I rewatched the movie, and that tune of the song is actually in the movie earlier because they're in the car listening to a rap song, and the tune of that song is the baseline to the rap song. Oh, so it, it it's like a motif that keeps popping up, and I was like, oh my god, that is that is phenomenal. Yeah, that's I a brilliant that. brilliant soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, man. Definitely one of the best soundtracks in recent memories. I think the only one that I like more than this, the only two I like more than this are anything that Daniel Lopatin does. Mm. Um, and he's the guy who did Good Time and Uncut Gems, which, right. you know, that makes sense why I would prefer those. <laughs> but um, he would be a good guy to do a horror movie soundtrack. Yeah. Very tense stuff. 
Very tense stuff. I hope the Safties do a horror movie in general. That would be cool, you know? I'd love that. (laughs) Up close of the, you know, (laughs) up close to the killer's face. Yeah, really tight shots. They should do a Halloween movie. That would actually be really, really interesting. Mm. Yeah. Oh, man. That'd be Better than Rob Zombies. Oh, man. Hell, yeah. Holy crap. Well, I guess that wraps it up for this episode, then. Um, Next week, we're talking about three different versions of the thing i believe yes and i'm really excited for that because john carpenter's the thing is one of my favorite movies of all time so get hyped for that but until then you can find us and all our relevant social media links at hallconmedia.com also follow our instagram for regular updates the greg and matt movie chat on instagram follow us on twitter hallconmedia uh and listen to us wherever you find your favorite podcasts we're on spotify itunes podbean amazon we're almost on every service so check out our website hulkonmedia.com find out where we're at stay tuned for the next episode and don't forget to stay spooky (laughs) 